is a country beyond that which is known to humankind. A stray country. A country that exists west of October. Whose borders are somewhere between midnight train whistles and the distant hell of a dog. A country that lies somewhere in the stitched and jittering static between radio stations. A country that drifts to America like a traveling salesman. But every now and then stops to nest on a small town. A small church. A single street. And maybe, just maybe, some kind of delayed radio broadcast you've stuffed in your ears. Chapter 33 Something in the Winter Night The janitorial hand drew the keys out of the lock, returned to a belt, a modern kind of holster. Nothing out there. The janitor's face went slack. The cigarette fumbled from his lips, fell to the floor with all the dust dropped by kids. Billy added his eye blink to the den. Blink. 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 Another boy asked what was out there. No janitorial hand was raised to silence the masses. Everyone watched the theater window. Billy's eyes tapped out a rhythm. Some kind of war message stashed in his bones. Some kind of distress pulse in his blood. Blank, blank, blank. Stare, stare, stare. Blank, blank, blank. Something young boys in Rust Belt towns tent-pulled up by carnival men would have understood. The window was watched. There had been a flash of horror, a glint of axe, a film grain of gasoline, a gleam of chainsaw, a glamour of grizzly pouring out of a stabbed pumpkin mask. Or had been seen, yes, like a movie screen. In one half of one half second, all these images flashed together, shot from projectionist street lamps. But the whore was gone, leaving a man and two kids wondering, had they, hadn't they, had they, hadn't they, had they seen the bag? And the truth of the scene was a janitor had caught a gleam, a shuck of white and an echo of radio static on the wind, yes, but had he seen it? And they watched. Because seeing a fearful thing so quickly was very much like breaking up, and no one understands the first time. The first time the bell of the ball tells the gentleman thrall the dance has been danced, he cannot understand, cannot comprehend, and he must be told again 
every day until the time comes not to be told a thing, until so many days of saying the dance is done have passed that it's time for the silence to speak. And so the janitor stood there, feeling very much like the mostly young man he had been once upon a time at age 29 when the first girl he had fallen in love with had flashed disinterest like a white plastic sack blowing through the dark. Stood there watching the silence like the horror film it was, waiting for the silence to tell him the truth. Because if a man collects enough silence after a kiss, he knows she ain't coming back. And the janitor wanted his heart to break again. Tonight, he wanted silence to speak for so long his ears fell off. He wanted silence to chin smack until the sun crawled out of the mountain pass to tell it to shut up. He wanted silence to leave his heart broken in the November midnight. He wanted very much to have so much silence in the night he could tap it like a well of oil. He wanted that plastic sack to break his heart like the violinist had, who'd smothered him with silence. The janitor watched the movie house window, looking deep into the streets painted midnight thirty hoping what he'd seen out there would behave like the violinist and never come back. Never write back, never call back, never come back, never home back, never crawl back, never kick back, never horse laugh loud enough on the other side of the mountains that he could ever hear the echo. Hoping what he thought he'd seen, was pretty sure he'd seen, quite certain he'd seen, would go gone. Gone, gone, gone. Never coming back, kind of gone, gone. Just like that, kind of gone. The street lights shivered off dead bugs. The trees fumbled their leaves. The leaves staggered in the streets. The streets ran long into the night. The night stumbled, drunk, trying to find his way home. Didn't realize it was home, huffing and puffing in his own goddamn living room. The boys heard static on the wind. Something like fuzzy World War II radio broadcasts mixed with music that kept a whole decade alive. Burnt fireside chats and Levittown lullabies, something with a homeless whine in its throat, a pitched big squeal in its gut, a circus seal bark of a slaughterhouse slain over a hill, a kind of idiot off-key organ full of bent pipes and burst gas bags piping a funeral over empty rail tracks. Something that had the rhyme tear of old typewriters pouring out fingertipped tor, the crooked whine of two tall buildings leaning in the wind, the squatty squeal of two long buildings nesting on the earth. Yes, the boys could almost hear a hum in the static, something that could make a factory spin 
an antique itinerant tune whistled along old highways by roadshow industrialists headed to tint up another textile mill upriver. It sounded like a harmonica played into a fan, recorded, played again through a radio with a short in the wire, spitting, sputtering, tottering. Billy blinked. Jack blinked. The janitor blinked. A sheet of white flashed in the streetlight stream. A gunshot for the eyes. Bang. Pop. Crackling like a gunslinger and gone. Leaving no gun smoke. No trail. No shooter falling down. A boom of white. A shiver of static. Gone. The leaves whispered like folks after a movie. Didn't get a plot. Asked their neighbor. Didn't get the plot. Forgot about the scene. But the janitor, the two boys, did not forget the scene. Did not forget the movie. No. Knew there was no need to talk about it. And like people who get a film, they didn't say a thing. <laughs>